0: Hello there, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Primed for ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Toole, ADHD mentor slash coach. My goal for this podcast is to teach you something new, maybe offer new perspectives and make you think of things differently. I want you to feel validated and heard. I believe that we can learn from each other and help each other. I recorded this episode on Halloween. It was sort of a spooky episode. It was about reconciling the anxiety that often comes with ADHD with the excitement we get from doing or watching scary things and from engaging in risky behavior. I hope you like it. Uh, I hope you engage with it. And if uh, you would like to uh, give me feedback, if you'd like to keep the conversation going, uh, well, I give ways at the end that you can do that. But um, I'm easy to find online. so. I hope you enjoy the show, and thank you for listening. Hi everyone, welcome, welcome, thank you for listening. What do you think about that theme music? I just listen to it again. Um, I like to listen to it before I hit record, so I kind of feel like I'm in there with you because podcasting is such a one-sided activity. So try to kind of get that feeling. So do you have anxiety with your ADHD? Do you engage in high-risk activities or enjoy frightening things? I'm recording this podcast episode um, on Halloween, although I'm not releasing it till later. And it's about something that has been actually running through my mind the last few days. And maybe Halloween is why I recently started musing about it. But I've been thinking about ADHD in the context of both anxiety and enjoying risky activity and enjoying being scared. I have ADHD, I have anxiety. And I have an over analytical mind, also an act of imagination. Uh, my anxiety, what a psychiatrist diagnosed as a generalized anxiety disorder, or GAD as you might know it, um, it's increased recently. You know, it goes up and down. Um, but recently I had a couple rough weeks. You know, some days I leave the house in a worry. Did I lock the door? Did I remember to feed the dog? Does she have enough water? I've got keys, right? When I leave town, here's how the anxiety manifests. It is always about locking the door. Um, If it's a road trip, I'll spend like the first, I don't know, 20 minutes or so just thinking, oh my God, I locked the door, right? I know I did. And then I'm talking myself down with those mind tricks of, oh, I know I'm not my anxiety. I know it's just my mind playing tricks on me. And I'm just like doing that whole brain exercise. Um, And it's funny, like, even if I don't think my anxiety is affecting me, all I have to do is, like, leave town, and then there it is. It's kind of funny how these things trigger you. You know, maybe I have an active imagination, and I mean, what is the worst that's going to happen if, like, I leave the door unlocked? It's not like anyone's going to know, right? It's not like anyone's going to walk into my house. It's like The likelihood of that happening is so Rare. rare. It's so unlikely even if it does happen. But I just, I don't like being scared like a lot of people do. I don't enjoy high-risk activities or activities that I perceive to be high-risk. And yet, so many people with ADHD, they enjoy being scared regardless of whether or not they have issues with anxiety. Some people who have ADHD combined with anxiety, they still like high-risk activities. They still like being scared. And I'm trying to wrap my head around that. So, like, I know why people like being scared. I know what it does to your brain and your brain chemistry. And to me, like, that just does not work with anxiety. There's a distance there. Maybe one day I'll have the opportunity to speak with one of those big-name experts in the field of ADHD. But until then, I have research and I have the knowledge that I've acquired over the years. Here's what I know. What I know is that risky behavior and consuming safe, scary media and engaging in what feel like safe but scary activities, uh, it can increase the levels of dopamine in your brain. Um, And this could help you focus, it could help you relax, or it might just feel good. It's like that rush followed by the calm. So maybe the missing piece here is perceived risk, perceived control, I don't know. Like People engage in things knowing that they're risky, so I don't know. Maybe one needs to feel like they're in control, but I don't know, people like feeling out of control too. Okay, I don't know. And this is why I'd actually like to talk to an expert on this. Let's consider some activities that give people a rush. Some of them will be completely harmless. Other, other um, of these will be potentially, risk, potentially risky. I'm going to start with two obvious examples. Let's start with skydiving and bungee jumping. Two activities that people love to do. It gives them a rush. Um, now, to me, these are perceived high-risk activities that I don't see as ex- extremely high risk at all. Um, that is because, well, I mean, they're high risk without property, prop, property proper safety protocols. Um, but, you know, you, you don't jump out of an airplane without a parachute and there's training involved, right? And bungee jumping, it's done with a harness, right? So things like bungee jumping and skydiving, you know, they might have a perceived risk, but I mean, I would think that they're pretty safe. Um, and I think that they appeal to some ADHDers uh, because of the risk and fear involved. So I follow one of the writers slash entrepreneurs I follow um, and whose content I've consumed is Peter Shankman. And he's talked about how he skydives uh, right before he needs to focus. And he'll go for a skydive. And then as soon as he touches down, he'll open his laptop and start to work. And he'll do that before he needs to write. He'll do that before he needs to focus. Now, I have no idea whether or not he experiences anxiety issues. I don't recall if... That was in his book, faster than normal, faster than normal, enunciate, um, <laughs> or you know, if I've read it in his tweets. Um, but it's it's an example of risky behavior that people with ADHD are attracted to. But like I can't imagine someone with, someone with anxiety doing that. But maybe they do. So another common, more common example of risky behavior that people with ADHD um, engage in is more every day. It's speeding while driving. A lot of people with ADHD love driving. I do not. I am a nervous driver. And I'm not a a good driver. And you know, maybe if I was less nervous, I'd be better. Maybe with practice, I'd get better and less, be less nervous. There's that whole thing. Uh, My mind catastrophizes. I imagine being hit or hitting others. A few years ago, I learned how to drive stick shift, and that did help. I mean, I've had my license for, I realized recently, 30 years or something like that. Crazy. Um, and, you know, at the beginning, I loved driving, and then I just didn't. I realized I wasn't good at it. I lived in a city with public transit. Didn't need it too much. So, yeah, a few years ago, I learned to drive stick shift, and it helped. And I do think that everybody with ADHD should learn to drive stick. It requires more concentration than driving automatic, because you're multitasking more, and you have to remember like when and how to shift. Um, you know, shift into second gear when going around a corner, shift into first when coming to a stop. That extra concentration—it is exhausting, and it's helpful. I think it trains your brain. And so I learned to drive stick, and still I broke the car, I burned the clutch, and I broke the flywheel, and being me i was not so eager to try again and well i did want more practice so that i get better i did not push for it and then a couple of weeks ago i drove for the first time in about two years and i drove into a ditch i did um i was in the country driving to my trailer um it was over lunchtime i was just gonna go over there and finish working there and then close it up for the season um I see a large truck coming towards me as I'm about to make a current turn and the truck freaks me out because it's a big truck and my mind is catastrophizing. So I turned a corner too fast and literally ended up in a ditch. First I went into the shoulder, then I veered left, and then I went right, and there we went into a ditch. And you know, the ditch didn't scare me as much as driving with cars around me. It didn't occur to me till later that if I'd been driving any other car, the car would have been totaled, but I was in the Jeep and my first thought was, well, at least I'm driving the Jeep because I've been in the passenger seat on many off-roading adventures and they involve going up steep rocks and going sideways and you feel like you're going to roll over and you're in all sorts of positions and it's kind of fun. Uh, So I knew that the Jeep was going to be okay. Um, And my second thought was, well, I hope the dog's okay because she was in the back and she's also gone on off-roading adventures and she was just fine. And my third thought was, I'm going to be late logging back into work or like later than I said I would. And like that was my thought process. Um, And then, yeah, we were out of the country where everyone's super helpful and it happened to happen in front of an auto body shop and we were out in like five minutes. Like recovery gear came out and we were out um yeah like I don't enjoy driving to me it's a high risk activity but I know with practice I would get better and it'd be it would become lower risk and yeah so but you know that's me but so many people with ADHD love the rush of driving especially speeding and some are attracted to race car driving it's the dopamine rush and a lot of people with ADHD love driving stick and actually I, I really appreciated it appreciated it it was exhausting um But I appreciate it, I learned it, and I thought, oh, that's going to make me a better automatic driver, and I probably would have if I'd driven between then and now, essentially. So, yeah. Um, Regarding the speeding thing, cruise control is not a bad idea in this case. So what else are we going to talk about here in terms of anxiety and fear and what risky behaviors people with ADHD are attracted to? Um, Roller coasters. Big theme park. that go fast and upside down with aerodynamics that make you leave your seat if you have a seat at all and like that's it it's like it feels risky but there are safety checks there's safety protocols again like skydiving is really not that um that high risk i mean you hear about the occasional accident but that's extremely rare and people love the russian uh like neurochemicals that they get on a roller coaster and I, I enjoy it too i have that like holy shit moment and then it's all good and then, you know and that's what you like you know like you're the sensations in your body are kind of like a roller coaster it's like panic and calm up and down and that's a lot of what being frightened is about the roller coaster is kind of a metaphor here and these rides exist <clears throat> to give you a dopamine boost to make you feel good all right so what else um Scary movies. Let's talk about those. I'm not a fan. I like comedic horror or gore parody satire. Um like that's like my kind of horror genre. You know, I, I saw Evil Dead when it was still a play. I've seen the movies and the TV show. Like I think they're hilarious. Like it's you know, the chainsaw through the head kind of horror. Um Yeah, I mean I laughed through the babysitter and recently the sequel, The Babysitter Sitter, Killer Queen. And, like, there are scenes in this where the heads of teenagers pop off their necks as they're impaled, which is hilarious because it's ridiculous. But as a kid, like, I don't know why I started to watch Poltergeist, but it was just, I could not do it. It was terrifying. The Exorcist. Nuh eh. uh, Chucky. Silence of the Lambs. Okay, so I can quote Silence of the Lambs here and there, I can reference it. Uh, a Bottle of Chianti reminds me that I've never watched the entire movie, nor do I want to. Like It's just one of those things that's so part of pop culture, but I can't bring myself to watch the entire thing. I think it came out when I was like 16 or something. But all these movies, I mean, I think they are artistically brilliant, and I really wish I was into them. It's just, I just don't have it in me. My type of uh, reaction to it is just, oh God, I can't. <laughs> my, yeah. My levels are just like off the charts. Yeah, anyway, and as a child, I was I had that clown fear that many kids do. Now it kind of like just makes me roll my eyes. I have a you know odd moment of being startled, but that just makes me roll my eyes mostly now. But I also startle easily. Sneak up on me without a cowbell, and I might scream, or I might hurt you. <laughs> I'm actually I'm joking about it, but I'm also serious. Like it's happened where I remember, God, like over twenty years ago, twenty five maybe years ago, uh, a friend came up to me. I remember the exact moment we were in a bar, club. It was downstairs. My friend came up came up to me, and I didn't know it was him, and I elbowed him hard. And I turned around and I felt so bad. I was so apologetic. But I was just startled. And you know, you see like in movies and TV shows, it's a comedy bit where someone startles someone else and then they get punched in return. It's funny, but it happens. So other risky behaviors, um, other than sneaking up behind me in a bar. Oh, like there's just so many. I mean, I just like wrote down like a whole bunch and... You know, a lot of, for a lot of people, like it's um, risky behaviors related to sex, unprotected sex, cheating on a partner, cheating on a partner with unprotected sex, public sex, public unprotected sex with one who is not the partner in a monogamous relationship. You know, the idea of being caught for some people is thrilling. Hey, sex on a roller coaster, sex in a speeding car. We've all seen movies. Where that yeah things like that happen you know people are having fun and doing all of it yeah, activities are risky for lots of reasons sometimes it's a physical risk sometimes it's a psycho- psychological risk sometimes it's a lifestyle risk people like engaging in risk it's uh, it lights them up it's 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 exciting it excites them now here's a risky activity that. Um, provides a boost and anxiety that I sometimes engage in. And you might be surprised to hear me mention this, uh, especially after I mentioned scary movies and unsafe sex and roller coasters, driving, bungee jumping, and skydiving. Yeah, those are all the ones I mentioned. But so here, this is one that is less physical risk, but it's still specific and that is procrastination. ADHD-specific procrastination is often discussed in the context of traits such as poor time management, time blindness, hyper-focus, poor executive function. It's kind of like that checklist of, oh, do you have poor management skills, time blindness, hyper-focus, poor executive function, then you might have ADHD. Um, but I think that when we procrastinate, there's a part of us that's chasing a feeling. It's that feeling of being under pressure to get something done, the thrill of pulling an all-nighter, even though you're exhausted. And like I'm recalling my days in school here, when I mentioned uh, all-nighters and um, and last-minute work. I mean, as a child, I would wait till the last minute and like do my school projects. And in university, no, <clears throat> same thing. Only the nights were longer, and you know, I was completely on my own. And I do kind of remember living near campus, finishing a paper, and dropping it off at the professor's office like in the wee hours of the morning. And I think there's like a certain rush that we get from doing that. And maybe there's also that little bit of oh, look at me, like, look at how I'm working. Like, I don't know. It had to explain exactly. It's like how people feel like they're being productive when they're busy, but it's not always productive work, you know, like, the or there's that certain um, thrill that they get from, like, working super hard, Because they're working hard, not because of what they're doing. I don't know if I'm explaining that right. This is Again, this is what happens when I go off notes here. When I stop looking at my notes. But um, yeah, I mean, as an adult with a full-time job, I sometimes find it hard to start my time-bound work early enough to finish on time or even early. But the motivation, the pressure to get it done... That's the fear of being fired if I don't deliver on time. It's the fear of being reprimanded. Yeah, this is the anxiety that is both friend and enemy. I do not like imposter syndrome or fear of failure at all, at all. But both are motivating. And I realized something recently. I realized that one of the reasons I step step up and lead uh, when I'm in a job, when I'm in a full time job or whatever. Um, where I'm employed by someone else, is so that I feel like I'm in control. And so I stay on top of things. You know, I need to step up and lead um, for control. I need it for my anxiety, uh, which imposter syndrome is uh, is part of. And I need it for my ADHD. By stepping up and leading and taking control, it, um, it just, it makes me feel like I have it together. Um, and it, I think it kind of distracts my mind from that fear, too. Taking initiative makes me focus. It makes me work. It keeps me engaged. Uh, stepping up leads me to remind myself and my colleagues that I'm capable. And that's really important. Like, I think so often our fears and our anxieties make us think we're failures. They tell us all sorts of stories. But when you step up, you take the initiative um, I think it's a reminder that you are capable and that you are in control of it and that you can conquer it. and that's I mean that's really the feeling that I chase, like because there's so many times I'm in that dark place that I just have to do what I can to keep myself out of it. And as an entrepreneur, like I'm not good at sticking to my own deadlines. See, for example, my inconsistent podcast releases you know, I'd like to do these weekly but I'm not there's no fire under me and when it's my own project other things take over in a full-time job the fear is is the fire the f- fire is the fear the fear under you, the fire under you um is fear in school the equivalent was the failing grade in my own work well like I don't have there's not as much riding on it I guess i mean there's some entrepreneurs who for them, it is the fear of failure. It's, you know, they quit their part, their full time job or whatever, and they're like, okay, like, this is all I got. This is my motivator. Um, yeah, that just didn't work for me, but it works for a lot of people. Your mileage may vary, as they say. Uh, for my own work, I need to find motivation elsewhere, whether it's helping people, and helping people is a giant motivator, it's one of the reasons I'm talking to you now. Whether it's money, um i don't know those are my so-called whys those are my inspiration uh and and i think that waiting until the last minute while we're under pressure and stress that gives us a dopamine boost we need to focus sometimes we work best under pressure and that's why and you know i know that i often have too it's Simultaneously a good feeling and a horrible feeling. Starting a project early um, has challenges such as motivational challenges, but there's also no fire under us. We like the fire. ADHD people like the fire. It's why we're attracted to risk. It's why people skydive. They like the fire. It's why people might be attracted to things that they could fail at even though they're totally terrified it's like it's kind of like there's like those two parts of us we don't want to let ourselves down and that is both the motivation for doing it but also the block for us to not do it if that makes sense um that might also um tie into the whole procrastination thing like we get in our own way um, but maybe we just need to, like, get out of our own way enough to let that uh, drive us. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You know, one of my best friends recently told me that I do so much. She said, Yo, you know, you have your full-time job, you just do this, you do that. And I'm still not sure I believe her, but, you know, her faith in me might be the motivation I need. I know that one day soon I'll sit down and create my new coaching program, start to finish in a matter of hours, and it won't be because of fear, but because the ideas are in me and I'm inspired. I got this idea last week about a new coaching program, and I immediately created a name and a slogan, and I started to rebrand my old one, well, my current one, which will stick around and just renamed, and there won't be a fire under me, but this will be better, We don't need the fire under us. We only think we do. Are you into risky behavior? Let me know. Email me through my website. Comment on social media. DM me. Find me somehow. Um, The thing with podcasting is it's so one-sided, but this is really a conversation I want to have. Um, Well, a lot of the things I talk about on my podcast are conversations I want to have, and it's just uh, too bad that podcasting is so one-sided, um but hey at least hopefully i can make you think hopefully i can update um this topic in the future with more information and i don't know maybe if you email me um i'll mention some of what you say on the air with or without names um i'll share feedback and such Uh, because this is all stuff that interests me i hope it interests you as well so that's the episode If you liked it, please like it, rate it if you're on Apple, Uh, review it again if you're on Apple, Um, share, etc. It's constantly a source of, uh, I don't know, slight annoyance, I guess, that rating and reviewing is um, specifically an Apple thing when so many of us are Android users or use um, podcast platforms such as Spotify or Google or some other way, Um, but it is what it is, so anyway, Spread the word about this podcast if you like it, and as always, I've got you.